0: Hey everybody, this is Diana Stemkowski for the Change Worker Podcast. Welcome. Thanks for being here, as always. And today I'm going to be talking about a really interesting question that occurred to me that I have been asking myself over the last couple of days in regard to acceptance and helping my clients and myself see what we may or may not be accepting. And the lens that I'm looking at this through is weight loss because I think weight loss for me is a last frontier of exploring acceptance and, in my case, a lot of not accepting things. So the question that I ask myself is, What can't I accept about the process of losing weight? And we could always apply the the first part of that question to damn near everything. What can't I accept about my present state of my body? What can't I accept about my clients right now? What can't I accept about the money I'm making? What can't I accept about my relationships with A, B, or C? So I think this is a really good question to ask um, ourselves. Instead of asking the question, how can I lose weight? How can I make money? Because what's in our way of making money, losing weight, having relationships, having the clients that we want is what we're not accepting. That's my logic right now. See what you think. So, when I asked I when I finally asked myself this question, I felt a huge sense of relief because I stopped asking myself the questions I've been conditioned to ask about weight loss. Um, I stopped thinking in terms of what I had already done and what occurred to me, I was laying in bed and this is where I do a lot of my yin yoga in bed. When I wake up in the morning, it's a new thing, but it's glorious. Um, not comfortable, but I, I just sit, I lay in bed when I'm nice and warm and loose from sleep. And I stretch in my bed, these deep stretches that last for minutes and they are, they feel kind of good and bad at the same time. <laughs> you know, that pain pleasure that I'm talking about. But I, I, when I'm in those positions, as yoga tends to do for me, when I'm in those positions and I'm being challenged because I'm uncomfortable. I'm challenging my body to move in a way that it's not quite ready to do. And I have to accept that it might take me longer than I want it to. I have to accept that maybe my body in that moment doesn't want to go into that position and stay there. And so I wound up asking myself, like, okay, how can I lose weight? And I'm like, my brain was like, how, this is a really stupid question for me right now, it's, it's a a logical question. And maybe I need to look at this question a little more um, in a more detached sense. That is that um, be more open rather than impatient to answering it in a new way. And what I realized was that what I, how can I lose weight led me to asking myself, I think the fundamental question I have been avoiding, what am I not accepting about my present state, about what I eat and don't eat, how I look at food, how I look at my body, how I look at the decisions I make about my body and food and my emotions? What am I not accepting? Because when we come across a challenge or a limiting belief or a limiting old... (laughs) um, standard questions we've been asking ourselves, we're not really getting quality answers. So we have to increase the quality of our questions. So this is where this question came from. What can't I accept about the process of losing weight? And so not, you know, I've, I've sort of had this conversation with myself before um, it really goes back to fear, which I've been talking about on, the, on these recent podcast episodes, and how that comes about, how fear plays a part in our decision-making. It's this underlying um, thread of emotion that guides our behavior, our decisions. And so if fear is obviously a prevalent part of being a human, and this is old crap from wherever... I'm not sure where it started. There are different things, that di- different decisions I made over my 20s and my 30s and 40s about food and what it means to look a certain way and lose weight in a certain way, what foods are quote-unquote good or bad for me, and I just, I'm tired of thinking of it that way. I, it's just not, and especially at my age, I'm 53, soon to be 54, and I hear, but often view with a very jaundiced eye that as we age, the way we lose weight, the way we metabolize food and use energy from food is different from when we're in our twenties, which makes total sense. I get it. But that doesn't, you're going into your, a different age or a decade and you're thinking what, we're not consciously thinking what's what's going to change for us. We are thinking in terms of um, doing the same thing because it worked before. And now we're learning it's not and our frustration level goes up exponentially. So what can't I accept about the process of losing weight? And this is just an example. Like I said, you can use this with anything. But some of the things that came up for me were... um, going back to the conversation I had about the fear of the mundane and I think at the heart of of my relationship with food and and really setting perhaps not boundaries for myself but really adhering to what I know to be true about what my body needs at certain moments in time how much rest do I need how much um Mineral and vitamin support. Do I need during uh, colder weather and going into the holidays and knowing I'm going to be more busy? So, what came up for me was what I can't accept about the process of losing weight is often the limitation, the sense of deprivation, the lack of spontaneity, a whole hell of a lot of planning. It seems to me, and really recognizing that i have urges to eat for reasons other than sustenance and sating hunger but that sense of deprivation is totally an illusion and i'm realizing that more and more but my brain part of my brain still buys into it and there is something about the mundane a lot of people find and i do sometimes too initially anyway before rituals and regimented uh processes protocols structures start to chafe and I that's when I get a little cagey and itchy and you know kind of like when you're watching a squirrel uh, a playful squirrel and that tail is going crazy that's how I feel inside and especially I feel all that that restlessness when i'm not seeing the results i want to see immediately (laughs) that's it's like i want immediate gratification that's part of being a human that's part of the my experience about pursuing a long-term goal which is to get to a healthy sustainable weight that lessens my drama around food decisions about food in general about really, you know, of avoiding the usual things about food, the, the guilt triggers, the shame triggers about food and holidays. And, um, I remember as a side note, as an example, like with my parents, if I ate around my parents, it was always a free for all because my mother had five kids and we always, there was plenty of food at every family gathering. So it was, really licensed to gorge, um, on food because it was there and it was family and it was kind of expected. And I had parents who were born around the depression era and they were very, well, my dad was, I don't think my mom, my mom had her own trauma from about food and weight and, uh, being a a rather robust woman. She was a curvy girl. Um, she was also five too. So she was compact and curvy. And I th- that I know that bothered her. And it bothered her because her mother and husband had a lot to say about her. I think I wasn't around. This is just my impression, what I've kind of heard, and knowing what I knew about my grandmother and my father. Mm. Anyway, I digress. So I... <sighs> I think about all the things that led me down a rabbit hole about what I inherited from my parents in terms of food. Clean your plate. Don't waste food. You know, this doesn't. food doesn't grow on trees or the money to pay for the food doesn't grow on trees. And so it was, you know, we're all conditions. Probably sounds familiar to a lot of people um, that we just have to, food is a resource and it's a source of pleasure. It's a, a, a source of community and susten- sustenance. Um, as well as an emotional support. And I know, I think in my family, there are five kids and I'm the youngest. And my sister, closest to me in age, there's six years between she and number three of five. So my mom had three kids in three years, basically. There was a six-year lull in which to regain her sanity, I guess. And then she had my sister, six years later, and then me four years after that. So my sister and I have a whole similar line of food dysfunction and shame around eating, um, that my older siblings do not have from what I can observe, or they've just gotten over it and it's just, they're way past it. I don't know. But anyway, I, I digress again, but, um, I look at my mother and what I inherited from her and the things I cannot accept are when I think of her, unfortunately, because I looked at her when I was growing up with, with scorn and contempt because she didn't seem to have any power. She didn't seem to have a lot of control over her life. It was my dad was old school central european dude who was raised as a prince in his family so he was pretty self-centered in that way (laughs) i say this lovingly but it was really irritating to deal with and remind him of because it's like dad the world does not revolve around you and your opinions um are just that opinions not law which i think he found a hard time not accepting (laughs) or accepting um Anyway, so there what there uh for me what I can't accept is this lack of power. Um obviously my issues around food are deep-seated and probably second generation. Um and I like to apply that same sort of sense to money, to my business, to my clients, to the people I choose to surround myself with. And all this is Basically, my suggestion, and I'm guiding you to the idea that there's a whole lot in our lives that is very default. Um, Our behavior and our decision-making is default because it's just what we've always known. Um, But I am challenging you to challenge yourself about those things. And they pop up all the time in what we don't accept. I don't accept that because that's not what I'm used to. That's not what I was raised with, um, that doesn't, um, sit well with me at this point in my, in my life, because I just have no example that I've been familiar with. So all the things we're trying to accept are challenges. Um, and some of them we can make a conscious decision not to accept because that just makes sense to us. It's like, yeah, I don't want to change that unacceptance about this thing it makes sense to me I don't want to it's not appropriate not doesn't work so I when I talk about weight loss it's a fraught area for me because it's probably one of the hardest relationships I've had to consciously have with myself about loving who I am in this moment and I'm I don't know how many pounds I would should should lose hear my verbiage on that should want to, would like to versus how much weight would I feel really good at? Would I feel healthy? Would I feel like I wouldn't have to buy different clothes every two or three years because my weight keeps going off and on? What, Where in my weight loss and health future where what number would that be is it a number is it a clothes size is it a action oriented i know i'm gaining more weight than i want because i lose my breath climbing stairs i'm not playing with my grandchildren i'm not um you know taking hikes or being active in my daily life and when i go on vacation so those are questions I would ask, um, and those are helpful questions rather than being super attached to a number or a size on the scale, weight scale. So I look at this as it's an ongoing process. This is, I've been dealing with my weight loss journey in a super conscious way since 2018, I believe. And I lost a bunch of weight. I went on keto, and keto was magical for me. Lost a bunch of weight. And then proceeded to gain it back on. And I think I've kind of roughly told that whole story over a series of podcast episodes. Um, because I never accepted that I could keep the weight off. That keeping the weight off could be a, a way of life that is really fulfilling and satisfying. And... and not a sense of feeling, a sense of deprivation about it. So I, I think that what I didn't accept about my weight loss, this magical weight loss where I had a body and I looked at myself very differently. I carried myself very differently. And more importantly, I think what was very external to me, validating in that way was that people related to me differently And, and of course, because of you, you're a certain build, then that is desirable to some people. And they make comments about it. Usually like, oh, you look great, blah, blah, blah. Or in some cases, a couple people said, I think you're losing too much weight. And I kind of agreed with them. But I was like, really trying to explore that number where I felt good and what was going to be sustainable. And so it's hard and so I took all that external those conversations that I was having about the weight loss and how I did it and um what I knew I wasn't accepting emotionally and physically about myself in that journey. So I think um what bothers me about weight loss what I can't accept and don't and I'm really resistant to right now is if I were to do keto again, which I, I play with because it was so successful, is keeping count of the macros. And I think keto has um, evolved since 2018. There There's a lot more information about things. There's, there are a lot more uh, fundamental ingredients for keto that are far more available now than they were in 2018. Um, I'm thinking specifically of uh, people who are big promoters of, um, was it fat sparing, protein, fat, uh, PSMF, Maria Emmerich, she's um, somebody really on Instagram and she's a huge proponent of keto and protein sparing f- I, PSMF. I looked it up and I was like, that's a crap ton of ingredients I would purposely have to buy in order to make like zero or very low carb bread and other types of things that I like. Uh so I, that turned me off. That was what I could not accept. Um and I also have a problem still accepting that I, the little decisions I make every day about when I eat breakfast, I, I still spend a lot of time looking at the clock, looking to the clock, looking to the time in order to make decisions about what, when I eat. Well, it's, it's eight o'clock in the morning. I should eat now. Well, no, because I'm not hungry, I'm not genuinely hungry. My stomach's not gurgling. I don't feel that little pang of hunger, but my brain is saying, well, I got to go do this at say 10 o'clock. I'm not going to be able to eat until probably after two. So I need to eat now. And I still struggle with that. I, I don't accept that. Why can't this be easy? Why can't why do I have to make all these decisions so hard? Because I'm including the circumstance of time and a clock and what that clock says. And that's irritating me to me. It's frustrating and I don't want to do it that way anymore. So I go back to okay, what I can't I accept. Okay, I know I can't accept that. So what's the next step? Step to that. What can I accept about that specific thing? So what I've learned recently is that, okay, I, I see. Say today is a Sunday as I record this. It is seven forty one in the morning, and uh, I know I'm gonna. I want to be somewhere before ten. Um, do I eat before I leave? Do I wait till I get back and before I go somewhere else? And I'm not even checking with my body. And. That I am purposely finding unacceptable in a good way. I don't want to accept a clock or a a schedule to dictate when I should feel hungry. I want to listen to my body more. I want to incorporate my body such that my brain and body are working in conjunction. (laughs) You know, we're working with each other rather than giving my brain a whole lot of Time energy and space to create scenarios that cloud my decision making, cloud my body's input. So, yeah, that's you can go down this rabbit hole of all the examples I've I've given and apply it to money, um, and and more maybe more importantly right now for me, and I'll try to be brief about this, was last week I had a client who said inappropriate things during a session, somebody I'd seen for a few times who is also the husband of one of my regular clients who is lovely, and I want to maintain that relationship if at all possible with that client. So I work in a place where it's a hospital setting. It's got a medical... Intention behind its existence, this company. Um, and so I, I thought for a long time. I was like, Nah, I. If it happens, I'll be surprised. And of course, that kind of thinking. What does that give you? An example of? Um, here you thought something that didn't wouldn't happen (laughs) is happening. So, I. It's hard to accept that somebody at some point is going to say and or do something inappropriate during a session, and this was a massage therapy session, not a coaching and I heard him say it, and I was gauging my reactions to the things he said and I'll just be may i maybe i won't I'll go into it in another episode, but I was getting angrier and angrier and being much more vocal with myself and formulating responses to what he was saying in my head as the session went on and I didn't end the session. But what I did decide to do was provide a lesson for him. Well, you said these things and those are red flags in my world, especially that you said them all roughly within minutes of each other. And those are red flags. I don't accept them and this is what I do with a client's behavior that I do not accept and it is the these things I end the session I tell them to leave I tell them that I they are not welcome back period and then I decided to educate him about being a massage therapist and being in situations with the attitudes Of people who say and do this shit during a session. So obviously I got a little heated. He had a rather rough massage. Which I kind of don't regret. So, which was unprofessional. Probably unethical. But I'm okay with that in that moment. So I don't want to repeat that kind of reaction. But um, I handled it. And what was cool as a side note to this is that I went to the manager who eventually went to the GM of this facility and I told my manager what had happened and how I handled it. And, um, just so they, they knew. And what I got back from both of them was a balm to my soul, to all the kind of wounding I've had around dealing with this kind of bullshit situation during a massage session was the words, Diana, whatever you decide to do, we've got your back. Glorious, balm to my soul. I digress. Another conversation, for sure. But I in that moment, I I didn't accept that person's behavior, and I chose to handle it in a certain way, which I, looking back upon, was pretty good. And I'm happy with how I handled it, most things. Um, and so it's it's just more information for me about what I will and will not tolerate the next time this crap happens. And it will. So I, I, I accept that it can, something like this can happen again. And it's just an occupational hazard, which infuriates me, but here we are. Anyway, so what can I accept? That's what I can't accept about some of my clients right now. What can't I accept about the money I'm making? Well, I've noticed for me, if I start looking for more money, um, especially from a desperate, impatient, and urgent way, then I know money will not come to me. I've learned to accept that. It's all about my receptivity to not just money, but um, support, information, guidance, um, community. These are all things that I look at now as money, as a form of abundance that flows to me, has been flowing to me, in really fast and hard, interesting ways over the last couple of months. And I love it. That is acceptable to me. I, I, well, I'm better at accepting that level of support community um, and flow of things that I want and need. I, I, I can accept it more openly now than I have. So, as I was explaining to one of my clients, and I might have mentioned this in another episode, I'm sorry if I repeat myself, but I think it's also, if I did am repeating myself, it bears repeating. Acceptance is one situation at a time. You can't accept a situation all in one bite. It is nibbles here and there, in some cases. In some cases, In some cases, too, acceptance is foisted upon you. You have no choice. I mean, we always have a choice in how we receive it, perceive it, um, want to process it. But in some things, I think the biggest issue humans have is accepting what is and deciding what we want to be acceptable and understanding, too, the lessons behind what we do we find unacceptable so take deep breaths here folks um that's a lot and a lot of acceptance has to do with the state of our nervous system that's why i think we do what we do is to address people's nervous system whether consciously or unconsciously on our part their part acceptance starts on a very deep level and it's incremental. So take a deep breath and try to let that land. I noticed I didn't say accept. Let it land and see how you it goes from there. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next time with something cool. Bye.